I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast, produced by John Polstra and hosted by yours truly, Mike Vardy. Big thanks to John Polstra every week for helping me out and making sure the show sounds better than I could ever possibly make it sound. And special thanks to my guest this week, Rochelle Issop, the order expert, for joining me, because otherwise I'd be talking to myself. Uh, Rochelle is the uh, author of The Order Expert's Guide to Time Management and How to Plan a Great Event in 60 Days. She's also the founder of theorderexpert.com, which is a blog that features organization, time management, and productivity tips, as well as ideas and inspiration to help people lead more balanced lives. She's also a consultant, and we talk about how she deals with her clients. So we talk about a little bit about how I deal with my clients. We talk about the idea of momentum. We talk about the uh, intersection of practical methods and ways to get things done. So the reviewing of tasks and projects, for example, uh, the patient's Patience is something we really haven't touched on in past episodes, you know, that has to be present for you to accomplish goals and a whole bunch of other things. So let's just dive into that conversation with the order expert, Rochelle Isop, here on the Productivity is Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Rochelle Isop to the Productivity is Podcast. Rochelle, thanks for joining me this week. Thanks for having me, Mike. So uh, you are the order expert. Um which is which is interesting because we're gonna have the chaos expert on next week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so um, you've you've been how long have you been into the idea of just uh, and I love the idea of order because it's kind of like the term productivity in that people have this assumption that productivity means doing things as doing as much as possible in a short amount of time as possible. Yeah, you know, being productive. That's what they're 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 uh, I'm not gonna say uninformed, but it's kind of like they're 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 their identification of what that word means order tends to have that too right you know what what do you how do you define order and how do you kind of explain to people when they see this order thing because it could be scary to some people right right well um to give a little bit of a background i actually started blogging and doing this um back in 2011 so i've been at it a while Mm -hmm. and the idea behind my blog and how i work as an author and a consultant is to really just give people the framework that they need to, you know, whether it's organizing their schedule, getting their belongings um, in shape, or, um, you know, finding the best possible methods to be productive throughout their day. So I like to think of it as 
helping people give them a, you know, giving them a structure to work off of. It's not necessarily, this is the only way to do something. Mm. It's more of a, you know, here's one way of doing it. Um, why don't you try it out? Um, you know, that might set you off on a path, uh, to help you find out the best way for you to do something. But I like to view it as a framework. You know, what do you say to people who look at this and say, well, you know, or I want to have some spontaneity framework, because I get this a lot too, is the idea of, I mean, when I talk to people and I introduce them to the now your method and stuff like that, I say, you know, there's a framework. Frameworks foster freedom. Really, that's what it does. And, right. a, and a lot of people will say, yeah, but, it, you know, it just seems too structured. I want to be more spontaneous. Uh, I don't want to be, at, you know, doing this would kind of put me in a position to not be able to uh, live as freely as I would like. How do you challenge that with people? Because I'm sure you get that a lot too. Yes, I do. Well, I would say that my belief is that the order actually helps you to be spontaneous. So kind of what you're saying. Um, The idea is that you're not necessarily built into a rigid structure that you have to follow to the letter every single day and, you know, nothing will ever throw you off track. That's a completely, I think, unrealistic way of going about things. Um, The idea is that you have, you know, that general framework um, or level of construction where you can plan your days. And then when things go wrong, you know, when things pop up, you're, you know, for some reason you were late to work because of a huge traffic jam or um, something happened, you know, maybe there was an emergency at your house. Um, You know, these things happen. And so the idea is to be as best prepared as you can so that you have the freedom and the ability to deal with things when they do happen um, because inevitably they will. Right. Right. How, You've written about this, and I'm going to put this on the, uh, in, the, in the show notes, um, because this is an area, when we talk about boundary setting, and, and again, when it comes to order and frameworks and stuff, boundaries are important, uh, the idea of saying no. Uh, right. Wh- why, why is that so important? Why do you, why do you push that forward to people in, in, in this post, and, and I guess in your work as well? Why, why do you push it forward, and why do you think people have so much struggle with that because even I I mean I'm sure you do too we both still probably struggle with saying no um (laughs) you know it's it's almost like we write these things for ourselves sometimes too right (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) well I think the thing that people most struggle with is that when you hear the word no it it's it's like it's like a cutoff you know it's you know if someone asks you oh could you do this for me and you say no I mean, where does that leave you? You just said no. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a breaker um, in the continuation of, like, let's, your, let's say your day. Um, I, and I think that people also get attached to things um, when you're saying no as opposed to saying yes. You know, some people um, might want to be helpful. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with being helpful. But when you become a little bit too helpful and it gets uh, intertwined with your days and you're not allowed to do the things that you want to do, that can be a real problem. So. I think it's, you know, something that we deal with just because if you're a good person, you want to help other people, um, you know, you can get confused of like, well, I want to help, but I also want to do what I want to do. So how do I get there? So that's why I recommend to people to regularly use the word no when they're doing scheduling or planning or things like that. Now, the idea is not to, you know, necessarily um, not help people. But it's all part of taking care of yourself. 
Uh, we only have 24 hours in a day and you can only get so many things done in that time period. So it's important for you to, you know, outline goals and then, um, you know, make a plan around that about how you're going to get to that goal and, you know, stick to it. Um, of course, you're going to have to work with people, whether it's in a you know, business or work setting or office, things like that. But for the most part, you need to be able to stay true to yourself and what you want to accomplish. So if someone has something else, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's a friend or something or an acquaintance and they say, hey, you know, I'm throwing this party, uh, but you perhaps might not know um, the person who the party is being thrown for, uh, you know, and they're asking, can you help me with this? I, I'm really, you know, in a bind and all that. And you can say, well, you know, I'd love to help. Uh, no, I can't, for example, commit maybe, you know, the five hours that you're asking of me um, because I only have so much time and I have to take care of my other things, but I'd be happy to give, you know, two hours this week or something like that. Right. So, right. It's really, again, going back to that framework, that boundary, it's not um, putting you in a place so that you can't maneuver, but it's allowing you to basically free up your time, free up your mind so that you're not always thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I, gee, I didn't say yes to that. Um, you know, I, I have to take care of these other things. And I personally, you know, where, where do I do it? You know, just by saying no, um, you know, you declare to yourself, you know, no, I cannot take care of, you know, whatever else is being asked of me right now, but I am saying yes to all the goals and the plans and things that I've made for myself. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. And I think that once you have a framework or some order and structure in place, it's easier to inform yourself that it's okay to say no. You know, a lot of people, oh. I think a lot of people make snap decisions on both yeses and nos without having the proper information and that's maybe where guilt arises or where people pleasing arises right um, you right. know it, it's funny um one of the things we're going to dive into uh is also the idea of you're talking about goals is the idea of where you know kind of the idea of of intentionality and inspiration and and even something that we haven't touched on at all in in past episodes patience how those kind of intersect and even probably integrate um, with the practical methods, how do you marry those? Like, how do you how do you work with people, or even encourage people when they're when they're looking at what they want to achieve, and they've got these frameworks and these structures in place, but they also have the you know they're not quite feeling they want to get it done now, or or they're, or they're or they're not feeling inspired to move it forward. Like they're obviously two different approaches, but how do you? How do you feel about that? How do you handle that with people? You know, whether you're doing direct consulting with them, whether you're trying to reach out to them through one of your many books, which we'll link to, of course, in the, in the show notes as well. How do you how do you help people with that? Well, um, the first thing you know starts off with what people actually want to do. Um, it's not something that's you know put on them by their family or friends, um, or even you know in a professional capacity. But it is really what's coming straight from their heart, what they truly want to accomplish. Um, and I think people need to have that, you know, little bit of, well, not a little bit, a lot of passion actually, um, for it. Um, because otherwise you won't continue on the work. Um, you can wish, you know, all you want on something. Um, but if you don't have that driving desire, it'll be really hard for you to get there. So I like to tell people, you know, okay, you have an idea, a goal, um, you know, what is it, but let's get to the real reason of why you want to get there. So, um, a common thing that I deal with is people saying, well, I need to be more organized. You know, it's just, everything is chaotic in the house. I feel 
pulled in so many different directions. Um, I'm unbalanced. I just need, I need some sort of focus and structure. I just need to feel better, you know? Um, and a common place in the house, um, you know, that gets, uh, a bit, you know, disorganized or chaotic can be, um, the closet, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, it's a closed closet. So, um, you know, if I'm working with someone, I'll say, okay, uh, so you want to organize your closet. Well, why do you want to organize your closet? And they'll say, well, it's just a mess. I need it organized. You know, that's a good start, but I like to dive a little bit deeper and find out the reasons of why being organized or why having this closet in order will help them with their goals. So, you know, I'll have a conversation with them and then I might find out that, you know, they're always running late to work because it's tough for them to put together outfits in the morning or they can never find what they like to wear or what fits. So, you know, I work with them and drill down and figure out exactly what it is that's driving them um, and and what what this uh, feeling is of why they want to do, uh, you know, this organization. So, you know, common things will be, you know, well, you know, I really want to get organized because I'm just tired of you know, stomping over every, everything in the closet, everything is like on the ground. It's, you know, in the drawers, it's on the hangers. I just, you know, want to be able to look at it and just not feel overwhelmed. So that might be, you know, one goal. Um, another thing uh, would be, you know, I just want to be able to, you know, find my favorite sweater without <laughs> wasting 15 minutes looking for it. Um, or just again, being able to put together an outfit in record time, um, so that you're not wasting more time during your day and, you know, throwing everything else out of whack. Right. So I, it's really going through to like the desire. What, what is the outcome that you want to see? What will it feel like um, when you finally get to that point? And so once they can see that and pull it out and feel it, you know, they start getting excited uh, even more so. And they're like, wow, I really want to get this done. I, I, I want to, I feel great. I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. So, um, you know, that's, that's the first step, um, you know, finding out what their, you know, what the pain point is, um, what their goal is, and then getting them to that feeling or that inspiration of what it will feel like when they finally reach uh, their goal. And how do you, how do you make it so that, I mean, again, bringing patience back into the equation, because this is what, what I find people struggle with yes. is that they want, they want to do it. And so like they want to learn and I'll take it from the productivity slant as opposed to the organizational one. Although definitely there's some parallels. I, earlier this year I was at the National Association of Professional Organizers Conference in Atlanta and there are definitely some strong parallels between physical organization and kind of mental organization. Yes. Um so I I I've done coaching with people and I've helped people out or, or I'll get comments and they'll say, "Okay, I'm using this tool and it's not, I've started to use it and it's not working for me yet. So I'm stopping, you know, like, like yeah. I haven't, I haven't, you know, I, I've taken your method or I've taken your approach and put it in there, but it's not happening as quickly as I want. So I just stopped like old mindsets, old habits take hold. How do you keep people, how do you, you know, kind of um, foster their patience or at least make sure they pay attention to it and then also give them kind of that, the little, I guess the small wins along the way so that they feel they're making measured progress both quantitatively and qualitatively. Right. Um, well, I and think, I know it's, I know it's not the same for every single person either. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I guess in general, the idea of, uh, fostering the patients is telling them and making sure that they understand that being more organized, you know, whether it's at home or on the job or at school, it's not a quick fix. You know, it's not something that you do once and that's it. It's an ongoing process, just like productivity. Um, you know, we don't necessarily live in vacuum. So everything that we do in our lives 
affects, you know, our ability to either organize physical things or organize um, our appointments and our schedule. So it's really important to understand, um, you know, for people to understand that this is really like a long-term thing. Um, you know, you're not doing it just for the one-off because things will really won't change that much. So it's more of, you know, being patient with yourself and wanting to see the change and wanting to work toward it and to continue to grow and change and get things better than where they are right now. So, I mean, the patients, um, it, it, it can be really, you know, difficult at times because you just want to see a, you know, a big change that takes place right away. Um, but I like to tell people and remind them that, you know, wherever, whatever situation that you're in right now, it didn't all happen just at once. Right. I mean, for most people, you know, you didn't, um, go to school and then graduate high school right away. You didn't just learn how to drive and then buy a car. I mean, you know, it's all a process. So you have to be patient and, you know, work through the little steps um, to get the reward, to get to that end point of, you know, in this case, maybe having a more organized closet or just feeling better um, about uh, putting things back and being aware of where things are located. So, yeah, it's it, it, uh, it can be a challenge, um, you know, getting people to understand that the process of organizing things is ongoing and it's perfectly, you know, okay to take your time. Um, but you know, things are happening, changes are being made. So, um, yeah. What keeps you driven? What keeps you going? I mean, one of the things that I find with myself, no, but seriously, like, I mean, when you, when you deal with, when you're, when you're talking about this stuff and you're, and you're, you know, helping people organize and, and, you know, build structure, um, how challenging is it for you to keep going? Because you're, it, it's, I, I talk to my wife about this a lot because she's a, she's an acupuncturist and she sometimes, oh. she, she might as well have, we, we joke, we, we should probably keep like a, like a, like a, a cocktail glass and like a bar towel at our desks so that we were like kind of like the bartender that listens to people's problems <laughs> kind of thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, completely unrelated or maybe even related. How do you keep driven and going? Because you've been doing this for a long time, right? I mean, and, and, and you've spread your wings very far. We're going to talk a little bit about the stuff you've written for my friend Greg, Craig Jarrell over at Time Management Ninja. We'll dive into some of the time management stuff as well. But how do you keep driven and keep going? Because it's a lot to help other people find order and still maintain that order and structure for yourself. Like, how do you keep that kind of going? Right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's a really big question, um, <laughs> which deserves a really big answer. Um, let's see. Well, uh, my inspiration, I think, um, you know, in doing this and my writing and coaching and consulting is that I really want people to feel better. I want them to not feel as if they're in control or that there's no way out, you know, of a certain situation. Um, I want to show them that there's an easier way to do something. I just want, I basically just want to, you know, give them that sigh of relief of, ah, finally, I feel so much better. You know, I feel, I feel great. <laughs> that's the, that's the feeling um, that I want to give my clients and my readers. So that is really what drives me because it just, for me to see someone struggling with something when I know that there's a simpler way that could save them tons of time and energy and headaches. It's just, to me, it's just, you know, Oh, please let me help you. <laughs> mm. You know, there's there's another way to do this. And 
you can uh, take care of it and have it taken care of. And then you'll have more energy for all the other things that you want to do in your life. So for me, it's just helping people relieve that pain or that, you know, that stress. Um, that, that's really, I think the first thing, um, that inspires me to do what I do. Um, I think another thing, um, I mean, it kind of, it, it might be productivity related as well, but, um, for me personally, I like to keep a little inspiration journal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is things that I've received from my clients and my readers. Um, you know, people actually relaying back to me of, wow, you know, I had such a great session with you. You know, I feel so much more, um, you know, calm and relieved and I can see more clearly where things aren't quite going the way as they should. Um, but I feel more confident now to take that next step and, uh, you know, take it one step further. So I have that, you know, I work off of that, you know, wanting to help people and then receiving that back. Um, and so it creates a, you know, nice little cycle and I have a really good, you know, feedback cycle there to help me. Um, I also like, I guess, what do you call it? I keep another type of what I like to call like a quote log or journal. Mm -hmm. It's this big, um, Moleskine hardcover book. It kind of looks like one of those old time hotel registry books that you'd sign in, you know, so it's this huge book. And, uh, what I do is collect quotes that I find. It can be, you know, in books, um, in podcasts, on websites, things that I've heard or something that, uh, people have mentioned to me. And so whenever I hear a quote or see it, I write it down by hand in this notebook. So my goal is to, you know, fill out this notebook and just have this giant, you know, handwritten, uh, basically a portfolio of quotes from, you know, past, present. Um, and it's really nice just to go back and, you know, look at these quotes and say, yeah, you know, I, I needed that today. I needed a little bit of boost, uh, there, um, to feel a little bit more inspired, um, or positive about something. So that's something that I like to do, um, personally. Um, I feel it's very, um, relaxing because you actually have to take the time to sit down and write the quotes out by hand as opposed to just typing them. Um, and it's fun to see all of your hard work come together and, you know, you're writing page upon page upon page. So it's a nice little, uh, project that I have going. Let's dive a little bit into the time management stuff now. Um, I definitely want to get back to some of this stuff too, because I think that, that, uh, uh, having, I think uh, the, the, the idea of physical space and mental space is something I want to get to as well. But you wrote a piece for, for, uh, for Craig Jarrow. Um, and by the way, I'm gonna, uh, you've got a journaling piece in your blog that I'm going to link to as well to kind of cover a little bit about what you just discussed about journaling. Because I, I journal too. I think it's, 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 a, it's, it's that review. It's that reflection for me. I think it's a yes. big deal. So you've written a piece about the five, you know, kind of the five way, smart ways to stay on schedule. And you've written a bunch of stuff all across the web. But I want to focus particularly on this, even for Lifehack, uh, my old stomping grounds. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into the idea of... Uh, kind of physical and mental organization uh, as we get close to wrapping up here. Um, w- uh, as I said earlier, I-, I went to a conference where it was a uh, professional organizer. So more initially designed with the idea of, you know, physical space in mind. In fact, the, 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 uh, the uh, expo floor was a lot of, you know, organizational tools for physical stuff. Now you right. do, bo- now you, you do both of these things, right? You help people with physical as well as mental. Where where do you find that? Where do you find that the the uh, where's the connection 
I think that's a big thing is that a lot of people don't recognize and I've found, found this too is that I've I mean I've been reading you know I've, I've read Joshua Becker's book uh, you mm-hmm. know the more of less I'm, I'm definitely more intentional about the stuff the stuff that I have and I'm not just ta- I've always been uh, better at the stuff that I have on my to-do list and in your your post about how to get more done in a day you talk about removing things off your list and obviously with me working on some stuff related to priority that's a huge component but I've only recently, I'd say in the past, you know, six, seven, eight months, embrace the idea of, of the physical space. Whereas organizationally, it seems like the physical space has been the focus and now the mental space, the mental, the, the, the digital clutter, the, the, the tasks on the list. Where's the connection and how have you started to kind of tie those together when you're dealing with your audience in general? Well, I think... You know, it first starts with the uh, physical because that's the stuff that we can readily see or touch or feel. And you, you kind of look at stuff and get maybe a bit overwhelmed at seeing tons of clutter or a giant stack of paperwork sitting on your desk. So just seeing that can give you know this mental response of, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out or I have so many things to do or ah, I don't know what to do next. So, um you know, I think that's the obvious thing because it's just, it is physical. You can pick it up, you can move it, you can put it in the filing cabinet, you can put it in the trash. Um, you know, it's a bit more, um, I guess in some ways, you know, tangible because you can touch it. Um, I think, you know, that the connection is just how the, the physical items have that effect on your mental being. Um, you know, I've worked with people and, uh, they'll say, you know, I have all this stuff, let's say, you know, collection of newspapers or something or magazines. And they'll say, I have all this stuff, but I only have so much space and I just feel so overwhelmed. And, you know, what do I do with it? You know, I want to organize it. And so in that case, I would say to them, well, okay, well, do you actually want to keep these things? Um, you know, is this something that you really want to do? Because in the end, it really ties into the mental, um, you know, they can say, I want to keep it. I want to be organized. But if having that giant stack of papers or newspapers is causing them, you know, mental pain and anguish, that's, 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 that's a, you know, bit more of where you need to go in terms of the root cause. So, you know, that's, I would say that's the start. The physical is definitely the start. Um, The mental organization stuff. Yeah, I would agree with you in that, you know, nowadays, I mean, there's always going to be products and things to help you, you know, put things in order, uh, organizational products and the like. But the mental stuff is we're just being bombarded now with so much stuff between the internet and social media and email. I mean, you know, in the history of uh, the world, there, it's never been easier to send information or to find it uh, readily, you know, in a few seconds, even just to pull it up. So I really don't think that's healthy um, for people to always be on because you're always, always in that sense, processing information or things. So if you imagined, let's say, um, you know, the, uh, the mental stuff, like if you just picture a house, um, and if you picture, let's say email is maybe, you know, a big box that comes in and kind of camps out in your living room. And then you have social media networks come in. These are some other giant boxes piling up in your living room and spilling out into the dining room. And then you have, you know, tweets and, uh, um, you know, texts and things like that coming in boxes and things like that and taking up more space in your house. I mean, that's a lot of stuff and it's always coming in. So if you look at it that way, we're always being bombarded by this mental stuff, this mental clutter, and we're not taking the time to actually address it first off. 
to stop the flow of it and then to clean it out because, you know, your mind really wasn't designed to, to take all of that in all of the time. It's, it's not healthy. Um, so, you know, there really is a strong connection. And I think um, for the work, you know, the things that I do is to help people realize that all the things that we have, um, you know, whether it's, you know, the digital technology, whether, whether it's an app or a digital device or a social media service or email, you know, they're all tools. And I think it's important for people to realize that because uh, I think there's a tendency to think of, well, if I have email, email is the one thing that I must do today. And yeah. that's not really the case. Email is a tool. I like to, um, you know, say to people, well, look at it this way. If you were a carpenter, would you take out a hammer and place it on the table and stare at it all day? No, you'd pick up the hammer, you'd use it to, you know, hammer and nails, then you'd put it aside, maybe get, um, you know, a plane and use that or a ruler or some other tool to help you build whatever it is you were going to build. You wouldn't just sit there staring at the tool or looking at it all day. That's not very helpful in helping you do everything else. So I like to tell, uh, you know, my clients and my readers and remind them that all of these things that we have available to us are great and they can help us get things done but they're not meant for us to, you know, live by. They're there to help us do things better. So, you know, dip in, take what you need, and then, you know, get out. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, regularly stress this to people um, on my blog about email. It's like email is a tool. You use it to send messages. That's what it was designed for. It was not meant for you to sit there and look at it all day long so that you couldn't do the other things that you need to do in your job. Um, you know, get in, look at your emails, when you're finished, close it out and do what else you need, what else uh, you need to do. And you can always come back. That's what email's for. Um, so I think you know to, to train people to realize that you know just because you you don't necessarily see it in the sense of you know physical items like clutter, physical clutter or the like, um, you do need to do a bit of mental decluttering. And you know again putting together that boundary of, you know, wait a minute, there's just too much information coming in. I need to stop it. I need to, you know, figure out, take inventory of what I have, how I can use it, and then move on from there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all connected um, because, you know, that's, that's who we are. We're both. <laughs> we're both. We're both minds. Yeah. We're both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rochelle, this has been an awesome conversation. Of course, Patreon supporters got to hear a little bit more of it. And if you want to be a Patreon supporter, I'll share with you how to do that after we're done wrapping up here. But Rochelle, thanks so much for joining me. Where can people find you and your work online? Sure. They can visit my blog. It's The Order Expert. Um, and we're at theorderexpert.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Google+, Instagram, um, and YouTube. And yeah, people can check out the site and see more about my blog posts and some of the other work that I've done. Awesome. Th thanks again for joining me, Rochelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mike. It was a pleasure. Big thanks to Rochelle Issa for joining me this week on the show. Of course, you can find out all the stuff we talked about, at least the links that we talked about and mentioned in the show notes. Big thanks to John Polstra once again for producing the show. And, and if you liked the show and you want to share it with others, 
Uh, social media is a great place to do that, but also giving it a rating and review in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That will also be a big, big help. And finally, if you want to hear even more content, not just with this episode, but every other episode we've produced before and in the future. That's right. We're producing in the future now, as well as bonus content and a whole bunch of other things, as well as some perks that you can get. You can become a Patreon supporter of the podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash productivityist to get more information on that. That's it for this week. I am Mike Vardy, your host and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start building.